Beep, beep, you can drive my car. Other Beatles songs that I can't be allowed. To. I'm sweating. Okay, hope that's that's it, right? Birthday. I just like pop my peas like really hard. I'll like blow on the mic. I don't know. I think we overestimated how slow this was going. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. It's hard without the tone. I forget how that song goes. (laughs) You forgot. You forgot without the melody. The melody's all gone. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's it. Start the theme music. Thank God. that's how you start a show yeah perfect cold open perfect cold open i mean uh, we're gonna get a webby for that one that couldn't have yeah we're gonna win like a a, an academy of podcasts award academy a podcademy there's there's some award for podcasts isn't there there has to be now i'm sure there is i think tribeca's accepting podcast submissions are they (laughs) yeah fucking nerds fucking dorks podcast who does that (laughs) radio welcome dear listener reader radio is dead to slow readers your weekly fast-paced literature podcast brought to you by top gun radio here the conversation is always on books it's always on reading it's always on words on the page it's always on fucking it's always on qr talent it's always on it's always on uh 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 oh my god felix taylor felix taylor the okay. troll widow jesus christ i was out there it's always on johnny no thumbs those on fucking dan nitro clark yes it is we are the bad boys of comedy book club podcasting fuck yeah the clown prince of podcasting yeah <laughs> we are the only boys who are proud enough to have damage tattooed on our dicks uh-huh <laughs> we're so proud we don't even fit in with the proud boys <laughs> <laughs> I, I will accept that. That's a thing. I was wondering mm-hmm. what the reaction of the other room was going to be to that. Just, mm, yeah. <laughs> Sold. Yeah. And Gabriel, I mm-hmm. believe uh, we've we've earned the remark. This other came from Rolling Stone magazine or uh, uh, who is it? Sean Hayes? Who the fuck actually came up with Explitterate? Oh, um, it was. Uh, yeah, I think we've been Sean and Phil. All I right. think Phil misspoke. All right. Uh, whip around podcasts in general, then. Yes. Uh, ex- we're the only Explitterate podcast. We are Explitterature at its finest. Fuck Yes totes <clears throat> and uh that's all the energy i got <laughs> <laughs> the singing really took it out of you uh, the singing and the yelling oh man so that's it um i just want to let, let's first introduce ourselves because okay. i think we have an extra voice in the studio today Ooh. Huh? Huh? We, we heard a little bit of him before but let's pretend <laughs> <laughs> gabriel who and what are you hello everyone my name is gabe mara i'm a comedian every now and again i'm a writer and a podcast producer and, oh, oh, what? Sorry, sorry no fuck it. i didn't mean what? to step over everything and a birthday boy it's my birthday <laughs> happy birthday birthday happy hey, birthday happy no happy birthday no i i don't know why anybody on earth likes having that sung to them i immediately start sweating i don't know where to look i don't know what to do every time it happens like my when it's my mom i want to put the phone up to my face and start like <clears throat> playing scrabble i i don't know how people do it yeah it's pretty terrible I'm sorry, did you finish introducing yourself? I did. Co-host, who are you? I am Daniel Gonzalez. Gonzalez, Gonzalez. An audio producer, editor, writer, and an author of speculative fiction. Up market speculative fiction. And 
We have a special guest here. We today. do. We have a returning champion. Returning guest. I think it's been every one of our guests has been returning champion to me. Actually, yeah, comes I, back. Even if it's the first time, mm-hmm. there's still a returning champion in we our hearts. We have the Undertaker of Denver Open Media Podcast Media Making. <laughs> oh, uh, it, it's a it's a guest guest speak. Who are you? Hi, my name is Matt Struck. I'm host of Really Late Night with Matt Struck. I'm a comedy yeah, writer, yeah, yeah. media savant. And I actually, I manage the R&B group Proud Boys to Proud Men. Um, we're very unpopular. And I regret, I did not know that's what the movement was about when I saw the ad on Craigslist. But here we are. All right. Is it really just a bunch of like white guys doing like R&B? Right? Oh my. I, I hope not, actually. I hope that that didn't inspire this now. I really would love to see like a right-wing militia of dudes do like boys to men covers. Yeah. That'd be amazing. Yeah, or or just you and some other dude showing up to do like some like boy band R&B at like a hate rally. <laughs> 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 Matt, thank you so much for being on our show. This Matt, is your third time? Second yes. Time? Second time. Third time. Yes. And third time. Similar third time? like the last time, I actually read the book this time. So, Yay! Yay! <laughs> we had you for Hocus Pocus. Mm-hmm. And what was the other one? Cat's Here, Cradle. Not Cat's Cradle. Uh, the Catcher in the Rye. I knew there was a C in there. That's right. You did Catcher in the Rye with us. <laughs> we did Catcher in the Rye with a guest? Yeah, we did it with Matt. Oh, I don't remember Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to thank both of you, by the way, for like single-handedly educating me through books. Because I went, <laughs> if you can't tell by my life, and the life that I live creatively, I went to an alternative <laughs> high school where reading oh, wasn't uh, paramount. <laughs> oh, no. So I get it later in life, thanks to uh, your podcast. Hey, you know what? I'm very proud. That sounds great. We're, we're like a real finding forester for you. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm even Thank reading you. three books now. So I'm like, kind of what this books like. Are they? Um, I'm reading a book on loving someone with bipolar. Cool. And okay. I'm also reading my friend. She wrote a um, a memoir about her surviving uh, childhood sexual abuse called Being Mean. Um, so it's two heavy ones and then Steve Martin's a light one, you know, the Yay. born standing up. So it's been quite a week. It's been an eye-opening week on the human experience. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, it was, it was, uh, I was going to make a joke and then you laid that really heavy book and I was like, I don't know how to make that joke now. Yeah. But, uh, uh, well, I was going to, I was going to say is that the first book was, uh, learning how to love somebody, uh, with bipolarism and, uh, and the second book was going to be something you have to read with it, which is how to love yourself because you have bipolar, but there's no book for loving yourself with bipolarism. So you got to like combine the two books. Uh, I oh, see. Oh, I my, see what you're doing. <laughs> my, my joke was going to be, okay. um, uh, the other book is how to make love to a bipolar person. Right, right, right. Been great. <laughs> how to pick up bipolar chicks. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah. The first one's like how to love a bipolar person. And the second one would be like, well, now that you've decided this, there's no turning back, you know? <laughs> It's like, oh boy, we didn't scare you off. Yeah. Welcome. Yeah, my or, relationships been, I'm interested yeah. in are serious inquiries only, you know? <laughs> <laughs> 
I like that. Yeah, not to not to drag it out too long, but the other take of that would be how to love uh, someone with bipolarism, and then the follow up book, how to break up with someone with bipolarism. Ooh, ouch! Yeah. yeah, I mean, honestly, yeah, I mean, that's 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 a heavy. Yeah. Uh, the first chapter actually is like, um, just so you know, the divorce rates of people with bipolar is incredibly high. So it's like, like, right, from the get-go, they're like, hey, by the way, you're entering a very difficult situation. And, you know, it's like, okay, I mean, you know, this is a mission. If it's a video game, I'm going to accept the mission. (laughs) (laughs) On that wonderful note, Uh if this kind of content is exactly your boat, if you like us, if you hate us, please go to Apple Podcasts and write a review for our show. Give us five stars. Write anything you want. Give us one star. Bring it on. We're going to read it on air because we love reading your reviews on your comments on air. It's a highlight for us. And this week, I'm bracing myself for disappointment for, for once. Daniel... Do we have any new reviews? No! God, you pieces <laughs> of fucking shit! Gabe! Yeah. D- let them go, man. I should just let it go. Gonna, they're not going to do it. They're not going to do it. You can't, you can't yell at them and curse them and force them to. I've been also reading this great book on how to love a bipolar person, so it's... <laughs> All of you listeners, it's fine. Whatever, it's cool. Was it like a was it like a discount version with like Matt Strucks like face kind of <laughs> printed on it? It's like how to love someone with a bipolarism, and then it's but like what what would it be? Basically, basically, I'm saying it's that Matt Matt read the book and then kind of like cheated and like wrote his own version and started selling it for like less money. Yeah, right, Matt, right. what would your alternate title be? It'd be like, um, <laughs> yeah, how to love someone with a bipolar. Uh, personality disorder and also how to enjoy really late night comedy the really late night with Matt Strock story <laughs> and then I end up turning the whole book actually just about me you know and that's like <laughs> the first chapters on bipolar and the rest is all about the really late night show <laughs> it's just like your, your epic journey right yeah <laughs> and or diary entries right. yeah the last chapter is like listen man all right look i didn't read the whole book but let me tell you what i think i remember from it <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> yeah yeah and like <laughs> yeah and i start my own podcast where i like just um do episodes on books that i kind of didn't read and then our episode with <laughs> kurt vonnegut that's the opener <laughs> Cliff, Cliff notes by people who read poorly. There you go. I, I really dig that. Yeah, I'd be no. You know what? If if uh if if this was actually branched off into a merchandising, that would be. It's like Cliff notes by slow readers. So it's like a poorly remembered. Like I think that's that's what happened, and some bullshit happens. That's basically our show. Somebody ran over what's her face, the 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 mistress of Gatsby or, or whatever, and then yeah, it's and then t- Tom's uh, mistress. I think it was. Tom, I think I think I think Gatsby or. Carrie Mulligan killed her. I don't know. Mm, I sort of remember a, that movie. And I saw a yellow once. car. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Let's stop doing that. <laughs> um, uh, that said, uh, yeah, leave a re- review, as you said. Yeah. Give us five stars. Don't give us anything. Honestly, less. I don't even know why I fucking bother anymore. I but... know, right? Uh, but that's it. And it's my birthday. Gabriel. Gabriel. Gabal. It's it's your birthday. Gabool. Happy birthday. And, uh... Thanks, man. Yes. I'll, I'll take an earnest saying of happy birthday. It's just the singing that drives me insane. Yeah, yeah. Has it always been like that? Or is this like a recent thing? Oh, I've always had anxiety since I was His a birthday? little kid. 
And I guess like, yeah. no, I think I, I think. Do you I have never, one of those like, leap year ones, or you have like just one every thirty plus years, or something? Or no, I'm I'm an eternal being, so every day's my birthday. Ooh. So it's it's always yeah. my birthday. But you've always, always not liked the the singing aspect. I can't remember ever liking it. Like I think it always made me feel weird. I think even as a little child, I would just focus on the candle and the excitement of blowing out the candle. But you mm. know, do, do you guys like being sung happy birthday too, Matt? Um, I'm not against it. I mean, I don't enjoy it. It's not like, I just, I'm <laughs> neutral, you know, if you can be neutral. Mm-hmm. If there's one thing to be, that you're allowed to be neutral about, it's like singing the happy birthday song. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, or having it sung at you, I yes. guess. That's the way to say it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Like, yeah, I would say like, I'm kind of like, I try to ignore it and just deal with it. But like, I remember um, as a kid, me and my brother, because our birthdays are a week apart, uh, we had, for some reason, like, we were both in high school, I think, at this point, I think, and uh, we had a bunch of people from, like, the school come over, and, like, we had a big party in the garage, and and I was trying to say, like, like yeah, look, it's Matt's birthday. Nobody has to sing for me, all right? Mm-hmm. And then, like, they did Matt's, and I went saying happy birthday. And Daniel's Matt, brother, Matt. My bro- I'm sorry, Matt's my brother, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, who might be actually Matt Struck? I haven't yeah, seen him in a while. Yeah, you two are brothers, right? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, in a cosmic both men sense. Men of striking eyebrows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, and then and then after they sang for Matt, they all turned to me and oh, and they they started singing. And I was like, I was like, I literally panicked in front of a room full of people I only <laughs> kind of know from my high school. I'm like, no, 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 no. And then I went ah, when they started singing it for my birthday, and everyone laughed at me. Uh... <laughs> I think, like, one's mom is the only person who can really, like, get away with it and it be, like, a nice thing. Because mm-hmm. anyone else, I'm like, I don't want to hear it. I think it's from Mima. And only Mima. Mima. Anyway. So where are we? Uh, this is a book show podcast. <laughs> yeah, occasionally we talk about books. Um, and that said, so it's your birthday. It's my birthday. And basically what we're going to do right now, we're going to talk about a book that apparently yeah. means <laughs> nothing to you. That means less than zero to me. In fact, you kind of pulled this out of your ass. Yeah. You kind of are just like, I don't know what we're going to do. How about mm-hmm. this shit? Yeah. It's Without Feathers by Woody Allen, my the book I swore my life to. <laughs> what is that book? Is that an actual book? Yeah. It's a collection of essays. <laughs> I actually own a copy of that way before like... all the bad shit went down. Right, yeah, it's like on your bookshelf. It's like uh, Woody Allen, Louis C.K., uh, Matt Lar. You're like, this all is the, my problematic fave books. section. You know? <laughs> See, oh yeah, it's all they're all in one place. It was a coincidence. I feel like people might have been like just slowly picking them off every several right. every several months. Gabe goes to like this like little personal like favorites uh, selection on his windowsill, and he just takes one of those books and throws it away. Just quietly just puts it down. <laughs> like, God damn turns it around. Right. Puts another jacket over it. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. First one to go was like, Bill Cosby's parenting book, yeah. and you were just like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just I just steal like James Patterson jackets and just like solemnly put them over the book. <laughs> It's James, like no one has to know. James Patterson. It's like wow, you love a lot of James Patterson books. Like yes, <laughs> yes I do. That's another bit. It's everyone's making fun of you for being a, a weird James Patterson fan, yeah. and they take off their jacket and it's all like Bill Cosby books. Yeah, uh, Matt, if you want to use that for really late night, please do. Uh huh. Yes, I really we'll put that it. in our many uh, our big pile of ideas. Yeah. So we did a book. Gabriel, you selected the book. What is the book? The book is Born Standing Up by Steve Martin. <clears throat> Steve Martin! Martin! Wild and crazy guys. <laughs> <laughs> 
Other catchphrase. <laughs> oh, okay, sure. Excuse me. Yeah. My wife. <laughs> <laughs> also, You're did, fired. Did you guys know that apparently Steve Martin popularized the use of air quotes on Saturday Night Live? It wasn't no really way. a thing before him. I, I I saw that briefly on Wikipedia, then I didn't understand. I think I didn't understand it because like, what do you mean popular? Like as a joke or just yeah. like generally using air quotes? Yeah, I think as a bit, it became a thing he would do. All right, so he he invented them. He did. He did. Gabriel, yeah. do you, uh, here's a here's a weird thing to kind of ask you um, for this uh, memoir autobiography of Steve Martin. Sure. Did you do some research into Steve Martin? I did a little bit, but you know, began again. It's like we did it with Dan Nightshow Clark, our best friends book. Oh yeah, Gladiator, uh-huh. the true tale of Droids Rage and Redemption. Um, so there's not we, we, the whole book is his life story. So we'll cover the stuff. But I guess for those of you who somehow don't really know who Steve Martin is, he was born Stephen Glenn Martin in, on August 14th, 1945 in Waco, Texas to Mary Lee Stewart and Glenn Vernon Martin. He grew up not far from us, Daniel, in Inglewood and Garden Grove, California. Booma. He is a famous, he's one of the most successful, what did you say, Booma? Nope. Okay, he's one of the most successful stand-up comics of all time, but um, people more our age will probably know him more from his movies, such Mm. as Father of the Bride, Cheaper by the Dozen, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, anyone else? I'm trying to remember the Three Amigos. Three Amigos, uh, Bowfinger is one of my favorites. Has anyone seen Three Amigos? Bowfinger's amazing. I have not. Bowfinger's so good. I want to see Bowfinger. Bowfinger actually, um, Bowfinger actually really is what I think kicked off my desire to make movies because I remember like thinking that was so cool, like the way that they shot that film and it was so funny and it hit me like I must have been like 12 or 13 where that was because right after that, that's when I would go to Barnes and Noble and like read the like how to write a screenplay book. You know, that's like, awesome. Yeah. So yeah, he also he also wrote that movie. So that's like, and Frank Oz directed it. It like it's it's like a it's an almost forgotten gem at this point. I don't think anybody talks about yeah. it. Yeah. And it's yeah. a really really <clears throat> great movie. Like a lot of it is making fun of Scientology before anyone knew what Scientology was. I mm-hmm. think both was Bowfinger like a huge success when it came out. Yeah. Okay. It was a it was a pretty strong success. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't well, know anything. And about it had Eddie it, Murphy. Like, so. That's like mm-hmm. some big names, so it must have been, right? And Robert Downey Jr. and Heather Graham. Yeah. Daniel looks very confused. No, I was trying to remember a story I heard about Robert Downey Jr., but it was a half-remembered <laughs> story. Tell little, it! Little known. No, it, the anecdote, okay, it's also from, I don't remember, we actually talked about this when we were, on, when we were recording, but in the latest episode of How to Get Made with a typo cats, huh. someone mentioned like uh, talking about like the body suits you wear for like CGI or whatever. And Paul said like, yeah, I was on briefly set for like some Avengers movie or whatever. And he said like, and I saw the the the, the Iron Man suit that uh, Robert Downey Jr. wears. And it's like a comfortable, good looking like suit with like a light on, you know, because when you're Robert Downey Jr., you show up, it's like, listen, can we develop new technology to make myself look cool on this? Yeah, they certainly made enough money to find a way. Yeah, as opposed to, like, every, everything else, like, cats, you were, like, the most unforgiving fucking thing in the world. Mm-hmm. But, like, then, like, they said, then they kept mentioning, like, uh, a timeout, like, meeting Robert Downey Jr. And, and they were like, Paul, talk about the first time you met Robert Downey Jr. And he's like, uh, I will not. <laughs> <laughs> um and I come at you, but that's how the story That's You know, like, yeah. he's someone who I would understand and probably forgive for probably being an asshole. I mean, he's he's had a journey. And, yeah. like, if someone was like, he was the warmest, most gracious, I'm like, really? What a surprise. Yeah. 
I basically. Well, I'm a huge fan. He's but... too famous. Anyway, I'm sorry. You have uh, stuff to talk. Uh, I thought you're like, you're like pointing at me like there's something on your shirt. You got right? you got shit on your dick. Yes. <laughs> All right. So um, besides that, um, really, uh, here's some extra fun facts that I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Well, besides the fact that this book, Born Standing Up: A Comic's Life, came out on November twentieth, two thousand seven. So happy thirteenth uh, birthday, Born Standing Up. Woo! Um, fun facts about Steve Martin. One. He has a story by credit for the 2008 Don Cheadle film, Traitor, the thriller where it's Don Cheadle being a government like spy or something. So I don't know how that happened. Um, he hands out cards to fans that read, This certifies that you have had a personal encounter with me and that you have found me warm, polite, intelligent, and funny. <laughs> Steve Martin. That's a great <laughs> workaround. Not not to get too far ahead, but even in, in the, the book that we read. Um, what book? Uh, uh, Without uh, Feathers by Woody Allen? Uh, cancer of Tropicorn. Yeah. Anyway, uh, cancer of Tropicorn? <laughs> Tropic of Cancer? What's it called? <laughs> Tropic of Cancer or Tropic of Capricorn? Yeah, that's going to be on your next reading list Concert there, Matt. Cancer of Tropicorn! <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. Um, in this book, no, he mentions being like at the height of his popularity and just kind of getting very disillusioned about like being instantly recognizable and never having a moment's peace and kind of withdrawing from the public. But like, it's like, Oh, that's a, that's a great workaround because you're not disappointing people. And it's funny. It's funny. It's a bit. And also like, it's like, hi, you're Steve Martin. Yep. Here, here's a card. And then it's like, Oh, that's an experience. And it's that's like, hilarious. yep, I'm going to sure go over here is. now. Well, right. And then they great like workaround. frame it and show their friends. That's perfect. Oh yeah. yeah, dude. I would, if I got one of those, I'd frame the fuck out of it. Yeah. Um, next tidbit. Martin, an art, an art, an avid art collector, owned Hopper's hotel window painting. You know Edward Hopper of his beautiful paintings. Um, he sold it at Sotheby's for twenty six point eight million dollars, which is pretty cool. In '04, Comedy Central ranked Martin at sixth place in the list of the hundred greatest stand up comics. Um, the other uh, top five were Chris Rock, Woody Allen, Lenny Bruce, George Carlin, and Richard Pryor. What are you fucking Allen? Yeah. You know I keep forgetting that he, started he did stand up. Yeah. 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 See, see, I mean, like, I mean, obviously lately that's all that's changed, but like, yes, like do people still like, like five years ago where people are like my favorite stand-up comedian, Woody Allen. I, I don't know. The same people who are like, who I guess serious stand-up scholars still really like appreciate his contribution. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. Which I guess. And uh-huh. lastly, uh, besides his career as a bluegrass banjo musician, he also returned to stand-up in 2016, where he staged a national tour with Martin Short and the Steep Canyon Rangers, entitled the 2018 um, Netflix comedy special, Steve Martin and Martin Short, An Evening You Will Forget for the Rest of Your Life, which was a wonderful bit of programming. Fuck yeah, it was good. Mm. And Steve, and M- Martin Short's my boy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's all the little research I did, basically because, again, this is a memoir. Yeah, let me let me throw this back to y'all because um I to think who? I don't think we actually said this, but uh, the one movie you didn't mention, and I think you're you're pitching this to me to say, but then I took it a different direction. But uh, yeah, uh, also he did the jerk, the jerk, which yeah, oh, right. according to even yeah, <laughs> which is like part of the book is about, and we didn't even yes. like. <laughs> but like I, I think that's where probably most people will will recognize him today. I suppose so. I think it's it has it's had some kind of revival in the past. Matt, would you say so? Like yeah, like when is the first time you saw the jerk? I mean, so I saw the jerk when I was way too young and I didn't get it. Like my mom mm. was like, "You're a ten. You'll think this is funny." And I just watched it and was like, what? And didn't like it, you know? And so I do think I, I, there, yeah. there might be just like a brief generation gap, you know, with like the jerk versus Three Amigos. Because I loved Three Amigos, yeah. you know? 
I think when we were kids, like our humor was more like all about like Tommy Boy and Adam Sandler, like I'm Happy Gilmore. That, that those was were our the, generation. Those yeah. were the, like the preeminent funniest movies that everybody saw. Like Mrs. Doubtfire, like the three funny and all the Jim Carrey things. But then like, <laughs> I, I like never the found was, Mrs. Mrs. Doubtfire all that funny. I love I mean, Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. I will always I'll always stand by that. Movie. What about funny? It's like everything else that you would see with Robin Williams, where it's like it's like you're watching this and like yeah, Robin Williams is a clown, and then like half of the movie is modeling. super fucking depressing. <laughs> uh, every 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 Robin Williams movie, the first half of it is the Nutty Professor, and the second half of it is like is like a Sophie's Choice. Yeah, adds up. Anyway. But yeah, that's but the no, formula. I, I, I myself didn't. Yeah, <laughs> that's the formula. It's a winning formula. That was yeah, that's exactly what they want to do. Oh, no. Um, I didn't myself didn't even see the jerk until I was like in my late teens. Like, oh yeah, yeah. No, but my my familiarity of Steve Martin before I read his books was like Father of the Bride. Uh-huh. That was like the totally. movie of his. Where I'm like, oh, I love Steve Martin. That's a great movie. Yeah, and I watched it again last time I was I was at home with my family. I, or even I, I Beethoven, like, uh, which he wasn't in at all. But that was around the yeah. same time when I was like, oh, uh-huh. Beethoven and Father of the Bride are the same film. And then this week I was like, those are not the same movie. No, <laughs> no not really, no. My, my favorite part of The Father of the Bride is when the big dog gets absolutely soaked in like suds and then right. shakes himself in slow motion. Yeah. 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 No, my favorite part of Father of the Bride is when I'm a, a scary man pretends the dog bit him and covers himself in blood and being like, kill that dog! <laughs> yeah. like, is that what happens in Beethoven? Yeah, and then Charles Grodin like, lets, him, lets Beethoven get taken away. And then Charles Grodin and his family must rescue Beethoven. Is that the dad in Beethoven? Yes, Charles Grodin. Because in my head, now mm-hmm. he looks like either Steve Martin or Chevy Chase. It, it could have been either of them. <laughs> yeah, it could have been just some guy. They were not the star of the movie. Beethoven was the star the big of the dog. Movie. Were there like mm. eight sequels? Or am I thinking about Airbud? No, there were a bunch of sequels. I also, as a child, did not understand that it was that the sequel Beethoven Second is a reference to the musician. <laughs> I'm like, why is Same. it called the Second? Did he die? <laughs> is that his son? Did he die? No, that's Turner and Hooch, where, where Hooch right. dies at the end of the movie. What? Yeah, <laughs> oh, Hooch no. fucking dies at the end of the movie, and then Turner <laughs> it, like has his son, his Hooch Junior. <laughs> I think this was brought up before, but. Isn't a like a trait of this podcast is it usually ends up being talking about movies? Is that like a <laughs> regular know, we, we've occurrence? Been pretty, we've been pretty good about that. Yeah. No. You know what it is? It's the fact that once we have a guest on, we're like, listen, we don't need to adhere to like a focus here. All right? Yeah. We forget how to do this show when you have a guest on. Uh, it just stops happening. But. Uh, but uh, yeah. So of the to tech- get back though, yeah, I think okay. that the jerk, like my mom was really impressed and influenced by. And even, you know, my friend who's older, you know, he's 50 plus. He was, we, we were talking about the jerk the other day. So I think that there's a slight generation gap where I was more, yeah, yeah father of the bride with the jerk. But then, you know, I would say like a couple months back, I did start watching clips of it. And I was like, huh, I do <clears throat> want to see it. And like that beach scene where they're singing together, like that is yeah, like a funny, funny scene. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, oh, okay, did I get you, it. Did now. you notice that when he when he like gets excited near the end of the scene, he actually steps on the ukulele, and you hear a jang while he like <laughs> yeah. jumps up and runs around. It just happens off screen, but no, like I, I, the jerk now, I think, is just one of my one of the funniest movies ever made, and I I love it. Yeah, it, I, I feel like it, it was always on Comedy Central, so I, it was one of those movies I saw over and over again. Not as much as. You know, Tommy Boy or, or like Happy Gilmore or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, or like Black Sheep or something. Black Sheep. I saw Black Sheep once. I ran to that blockbuster. Yeah, Gary Busey's. What, what I really liked about this book, though, is that um, 
Oh, you know, hold on, hold, I, hold on. Matt, we don't talk about our feelings until part three. Oh, okay, okay. Um, yeah, well, I like Steve Martin, <laughs> but I did yes. him before this book. <laughs> I was, I'll follow back say, later. I was going to say, can you say what you're going to say, but no emotions? <laughs> yeah. Say it as blankly, as if it's facts, a blank fact. Uh, cold hard fact. I didn't understand <laughs> his humor as a teenager, and rewatching mm-hmm. old clips of his stand-up, I kind of don't understand it now. And it's all because <laughs> yeah. it's all about context, right? And the book it, goes into that context that I was like, yeah. oh, cool. You were a weirdo back then. <laughs> yeah, we should bring this up that for those, again, like for those who have not read this book, this, this only covers his life from up around the time where he quits doing stand-up comedy in the 80s and uh, late 70s, early no, early 80s, and when, when, when he transitioned the, to film. When did the jerk come out? Was that like... 80? I was going to say like around 1980, right? I think so. Does that make sense? That Actually, I literally don't know. I believe I don't think it was the seventies. I think it was nineteen eighty. <clears throat> All right, um, I could look it up. Computer yeah. oh, seventy nine. Computer seventy nine. Yeah. Yes. Define dancing. <laughs> not a computer. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it's a it's just basically it's it's not his life story up to two thousand seven. It is up to when he just quit doing stand up. It's about his entire career and his journey as in as becoming a good comedian and how he how he got there first as a, as a magician and a banjo player and a juggler and then he kind of. Um, narrows down <clears throat> his entire process to how he became like this anti-comedy like legend. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, not to get too far ahead to plugs. Uh, what? But like, uh, uh, it reminds me a bit of almost. It almost kind of reminds me a bit of uh, Stephen King's on writing, mm. where it's like a little, where it's like a little bit. I mean, that's like there's clearly like sections that it's are a, very. It's a different. memoir of the craft. It's a memoir of craft where like part of it is not a biography. Part of it is talking about like how he writes and mm-hmm. what his process is, and then part of it is is like talking about like like him surviving this accident. But like that's almost. But this is obviously more like straightforward, uh, straight through. Um, where it's like it's a little bit of like it's a memoir, but also very specifically, it's about him perfecting his craft in stand up, mm-hmm. uh, and kind of just like where those kind of two things kind of collide. But yes. but that is that is a story. It's not uh, as you said before. It's not his entire life. It's just about him being a stand up. Yeah, and also like his uh, his parents, that kind of stuff. But yeah. that shit, <laughs> that dumb bullshit, that fucking horseshit. Uh, that said, um, I, I'm I'm not terribly too familiar with uh, Steve Martin's stand up. Mm. You know, uh, his stand-up and him being on Saturday Night Live as well are are like well before like ob- like my my time yes. with like, either of either being a fan of stand-up or Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I actually didn't really know too much. I wasn't too sure, and I had to look this up right before we did this because I I didn't I wasn't too sure from the book, or maybe I thought I misread or heard actually. Um, but like, I didn't realize that Steve Martin was never actually official member of the cast of Saturday Night Live. No, he's just the, mo- the second most frequent guest host in the history yeah, of the show, yeah. only behind Alec Baldwin. And uh, and apparently one of the most popular. Yeah, think, no, like, I loved watching reruns of SNL growing up and like his appearances across the 80s and 90s, like the Steve Martin penis cream commercials, one of my favorite ones he's ever done. Uh-huh. Yeah. Meant- if like, yeah, if I was on a game show... And they were like, was Steve Martin a cast of Saturday Night Live? Before this week, I would have undoubtedly, you know, the million dollar question, I would have been like, yes. And then when I looked it up, because I was just like, when is he going to talk about when he got casted on SNL? And it never like came around. 
<laughs> he has a best of Steve Martin like a collection on SNL, yeah, so it's, it's yeah. completely sense. understandable. Uh, that's it, Matt. Can can me and you role play that scene? You're on. You're in the hot seat. It is the million dollar question. Uh, yes. You've been playing this game for an hour, and you've been scrimping by by the, like you know the skin of your teeth. Yes. Um. And and so let's just do it. All right. Okay. We're back to Matt Struck over here, who lives in Utah, and uh, <laughs> and uh, and Matt. I gotta say, you've been doing very well. You used up all your lifelines. You. Yeah. You have one question between you and a million dollars. I can't believe it. You know, and I'm just doing this for my family, and I'm starting a new one. And you know, my daughter's been sick, so I really do need this. <laughs> and I believe you're. And I'm ready for time, it. Yeah. And as you've been saying for the past hour, you're also doing this on behalf of the Black Lives Matter movement oh. as well. <laughs> We're rooting for you, man. The whole everything the work depends on you. Yes, I'm giving it all to my sick family and like six nonprofits that I believe in. I even sold my house to get here. <laughs> Well, Matt, all right. And again, like, you know, you can choose to walk away right now or, or not answer the question and walk away with the money that you have, or you can answer it for everything. Mm. That said, the question for a million dollars, all or nothing. All right. Has Steve Martin ever been a full-time cast member of Saturday Night Live? <laughs> that seems like a first tier question. Are, are are you sure you didn't mix up your cards? I'm gonna say a hard yes. <laughs> the audience goes, oh no. <gasps> uh, and then it's like, ooh. Man, lose I just it have all. to let me just say, like, you know, you've come a long distance. Uh, you know, a million dollars is a lot of money. And like I said, you can choose to walk right now and walk away with five hundred thousand dollars. I mean No. I have this in the bag. <laughs> are, let me ask again. Are There's you not sure? an ounce of me that isn't sure. Every time I turned on reruns, he was there. Unless he was like the second most popular host to ever be on the show. I don't understand why I've seen him on all these sketches. Scattered applause. <laughs> that, that's a kid. Uh, uh, okay, judges... No. The audience just goes. <sighs> Fuck you, Matt. Well, Matt, uh, you've lost everything. You're a bitter disappointment to uh, and, people of color in America. Yeah. And we're going back to Reconstruction because of you. Yeah, and we're donating the rest to Donald Trump's uh, re-election <laughs> fraud campaign or whatever yeah. the fuck Wait, they call gotta, it. <laughs> the, the rest of the money is literally going to Rudy Giuliani <laughs> yes. to, uh, to, really, Him personally. to really just push forward like, all the uh, this lawsuits against individual states. About we are the, mailing Rudy a check. The, the stolen election. <laughs> Good job, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good Water bit. Commercial. I like that. That could be yeah. another sketch idea for really late night. This place is a gold yeah. mine. Yeah. <laughs> We're a good a time. A gold mine, too. We're a good right. time, damn it. So, um, we're running a little long. Speaking of, yeah, speaking of which, uh, I think so. Like, there's not much to talk about, like, specifically what happens. In it. I think we'll actually, we actually get into what happens in this more. We're talking about our feelings about yeah, it. Yeah, it makes more sense that but way. But that said, I think what we should do, we should go to break real quick. 
Uh, when we come back, we're going to do a game. Yeah. It's going to exhaust us even more. Yeah. And then when we come back from that, we're going to talk about... I don't about... know. I am Nitro here. Yeah, you are. Nit- yeah, we'll see about that. Nitro totally got lost last time. It was fucking yeah, awesome. Yeah, sure. It was pretty great. Yeah. Uh, but that's it. No, and then we're going to talk about our feelings about uh, Born Standing Up and kind of how our personal reflections on this is like. So yeah. Personal reflections. That said, we're throwing it to break. All right. Welcome back. Hey. Dear, li- oh boy. Dear listener readers. <laughs> How are you? To the sound of me bumping my mic. And me clearing my throat. Uh, and slow readers. Oh, Josh. And old Matt Struck. I'm still yep. Gabe. I'm, st- I'm here. I'm still Daniel. Damn it. Matt's still here. <laughs> kind of in- reintroduced ourselves out of order there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we're here with Matt Struck. I'm Gabe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Daniel. Struck by life, baby. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's <laughs> it. On this show called Slow Readers, we like to play a game. I was expecting a comeback from Gabe. I got nothing. No, no that was no, a dramatic fine. pause. No, no, it wasn't a dramatic pause. I thought you were going to fill in the silence. That's fine. Sure. Right. <laughs> the only uh, game. Of there you As go. I learned the in only... acting class, silence is not nothing. Oh. Oh. See Matt that? You hear struck. that? Silence, That's you hear me. mine? It's dramatic. <laughs> it's good. It's good. <laughs> I'm a fan. This guy. Uh, yeah, that's a, there's a game we like to play. A little game we like to call... Gatekeeper. 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 Oh, God. All right. All right. Bo- both of y'all, both of y'all here. Let me put Matt back on camera real quick. Both of y'all need to close your eyes for a brief moment. I just see your forehead, Daniel, on the camera. Close your f- fucking eyes. All right. Jesus Christ. Yeah. My eyes are closed. Open them. Wake, travelers. <gasps> you are lost in the center of a maze. Oh, no. The center this time. An evil wizardry maze mm. alright and before you stand ten gates oh my god accursed gates let's say and mm. those stones are full of moss I'm doing my descriptions out of order whatever. Sure. Like and it. uh, it's a first draft alright what are the gates made of the gates so are made theatrical. of uh, un- unobtainium <laughs> unobtainium oh no <laughs> uh, does that mean that um, oh no what's what's that what's the mean guy at the end <laughs> mean guy uh steven lang yeah is it steven lang gonna show up and like <laughs> shoot everyone up in a giant robot suit with a giant robot knife yeah <laughs> that happens i love steven lang anyway i was gonna say you love avatar i love avatar no i don't no um but uh that said there's 10 gates before you oh my god standing between you and freedom or perhaps you and certain death what are we wearing uh you are wearing full three-piece suits sweet uh, you have smoky... White three-piece suits? Ye- Matt is wearing an all-white Mark Twain-style suit. Love it. Yeah. Gabe, yours is polka dot. Okay. But it's also covered in shit. <laughs> That's <laughs> I mean, fine. I just... I don't know why. It's called... Uh, what is it? Dazzle Camouflage. Dazzle Camouflage? Oh, yeah. That's a good point. That's a reference to an early episode of Silver Reader. Is it? Yeah. Like, the Cruddy? Oh, yeah, that's right. That was like episode five. I anyway. forgot where that's from. Sorry, deep cut. Um, but yeah, Gabe's covered in shit. He shot himself when he was asleep. That, and that was all over me. That was nothing. <laughs> in your sleep entirely. It was really gross. But uh, that's it. There's te- there's 10 magical gates between between you and freedom, which isn't an, an accurate depiction of the gate because technically, I mean, if you got through all 10 gates, you, you could be dead because you have it's 10 true. health points. And basically, at you select a gate at random, and if you every time every gate you pass or get wrong, you lose more and more of your life essence. Oh no! But if you say the magical passcode, uh, uh, all the gates will fling open and you escape. However, 
there is another person next to you. One person dressed in a douchey Mark Twain white suit. <laughs> douchey. The other person covered in shit. That's fine. We're a fine pair indeed. A fine mm-hmm. pair indeed. And, uh, and, and basically, uh, one of you will be more alive and the other one less alive. Mm. Or possibly mm. tied. Well, Stakes. basically, if it's, if it's tied. Yeah. yeah. Whoever ties and guesses it right, obviously the person who guesses it right. But anyway. Gotcha. So, uh, and yeah, so Matt's that's... like Michael Caine. And I'm like Steve Martin in Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Or you are Anne Hathaway, and I am Rebel Wilson in hmm. The Hustle. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Matt. But yeah, that's how we say gate. Uh, that's, uh, that, that we're going to play gatekeeper. All gatekeeper. Right. So, I was I did some deep diving research into what would be a thing that both Matt struck an old gay birthday morrow over here. That's me. Good birthday. Can possibly co- like what would be the best midway section? Then I got it. Okay. So. The magical thing that y'all have to guess that'll mm-hmm. open up all these things is a particular actor okay. appearing in the hit movie, The Wedding Crashers. <laughs> oh, all right. All Uh-oh. right. <laughs> it's, it's coming full circle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Matt, I was really hoping this is the moment you'd reveal that b- listeners, I don't know if you know this. Um I became fr- I decided that Matt was my friend because he has an endless running bit about wedding crashers that makes me laugh literally every time. And I thought this is the moment you were going to be like, "Guys, I've never actually seen wedding crashers. I just use it as a comedy crutch." Well, I will say I didn't finish wedding crashers. So. <laughs> well, well, that that said, here's the thing is that like this is about um, one of the actors. There's a bunch of big leading stars in that. Yeah. Notable persons, let's call them. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of them, right? So basically like it's not too much of a stress to, to stress to be like it's like, well, you should know who this person is. It's, sure. But that said, I you don't know if it's going to be like the top billed people or like the lesser billed people. Okay. But it's going to be somebody let's say notable. Sure. Right. So that said, Start the theme music. <clears throat> uh, Matt, you're, you are our guest. Do you mm-hmm. want to take your turn first, or do you want to throw it to old Gabe Birthday Nitro over here? That's me. Oh, I'm a scaredy cat. I'm throwing it to Gabe. <laughs> oh, you're a chicken. Uh, <laughs> Big time. Gabe. It's yeah, part. It's yeah, the yeah. cornerstone of my business plan. <laughs> <laughs> Gabriel. Yeah. I need you to select a number between one through ten. Daniel, you know what I gotta do? I gotta start off lucky number seven. Lucky number seven. Okay. <clears throat> so again, this is Gabe's turn to guess. Yeah. Gabriel. Mm-hmm. This actor, by the way, I'm using actor in the non-gendered sense. Hell yeah. This actor had not officially stated who they endorsed for president in 2016 or in 2020. Hmm. That's interesting. So again. These 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 clues are not very direct. They're going to be all about kind of like a process of elimination, including kind of just like nudging you and giving you indirect hints. Um, hints, not hints. Most notoriously <clears throat> of that cast, Mr. Vince Vaughn is a noted Republican. I don't know if he's not a Republican, but he's definitely noted as being a conservative. So that's the obvious one to go by. And I don't know. Do I do I play bold? Do I do I do I go strong? Do I go nitro? <clears throat> what nitro? Make a wild guess. Because think about this. Mm-hmm. Process of elimination. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. Or are you going to, will you, will you guess possibly getting it right, which will make you win the game because you both tie at 10 points. 
Or will you guess and get it wrong and lose two points and totally just hand the game to fucking Matt? You know what? I'm going to play with my balls out for my birthday. Yeah. Daniel, is it Vince Vaughn? Gabriel? Yes. Take two points off. Oh, I knew it. Also, uh, yeah, keep keep track of your points yep, on your fingers. I have eight points. <laughs> All right. Gabe's down to eight points. Damn. All right. Sw- swing it to Matt. Matt. Mm-hmm. Gabe has taken his turn. Before you take yours, do you want to take this moment and possibly steal? Do you want to take a wild guess? If you get it right, you actually gain a point, uh, which you're going to like totally fucking kill Gabe because he's down to eight. And technically, if you get it right, yeah. you're up to 11. I'm trapped in this maze forever, covered in shit. Or, yeah. And he's in a white suit. Mm-hmm. Can't let him near you. It's going to stain that. Are the polka dots made of shit? Or is it just- no, it's polka dots <laughs> and you're covered in shit. Okay, it's fine. Uh, but... But that said, like, but if you get it wrong, you lose two points, and then you take your turn. Hmm. Okay. I or, think. Or you can just take your turn. Uh, you just maybe I'll just take my turn. All right. That's a smart way to do it. Okay. Quite smart. All right. One second. Uh, I selected. Uh, forgot to mark it. Seven. All right. Matt. Select yes. a number between one through ten. Okay. I'm going nine. Nine. Oh, here's here's a good a good guess. Good get. A good a good get, right? <clears throat> Number nine. This actor has not appeared on True Detective. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's actually that bowl. Okay. I I okay. This actor has not appeared on True Detective. Mm-hmm. And. It's not this. It's not a cast of from Wedding Crashers, right? This could be any actor. No, they're in Wedding Crashers. Yeah, no. This is this is one of the cast. Oh, a okay. notable actor, non-gendered actor from Who hasn't Wedding been Crashers. In True Detective. Who did not appear in True Detective? Also, has not officially stated who they endorsed in 2016 or 2020. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, all right, I'm ready to answer. Oh, Ooh. oh shit! Playing up ballsy. Okay. All right, let's do it. A worthy competitor. All Matt. right, I'm going. Who? Oh, yes. Go ahead. No, no, no. That's fine. Go ahead. <laughs> all right. Owen Wilson. Matthew. You have one gatekeeper. Oh, damn it! <laughs> Good job. This is great. Ten points over here. Matt I've is never the gatekeeper. Felt so champion. proud. <laughs> That was a swift and decisive victory. That was that was very swift. I'm uh, yeah. I'm incredible. I'm incredible. What am I gonna say? <laughs> I'm incredible. I'm in- guys. I, what's the? How do you say? Um, I've been incredibled. <laughs> you, you are incredulous. I'm incredulated. Yes. Uh, good job, Matthew. Congratulations. The, the the gates fling open and you run scampering out while Gabe covered in shit. Covered in shit. Covered in blood too from having from losing his precious life force. That's fair. Gets captured by the gatekeeper. Mm-hmm. He scrambles up to you and starts stabbing you with a little tiny knife. That's what, Matt. I believe you are the first person to actively truly beat me in gatekeeper. Hey, that's not true. Yes. I mean. <laughs> well, the last, last the last time I lost, I lost because of my own um, foolishness. <laughs> This is a decisive victory. This this is this is a total wipeout. Yes, right. you grab no my recount needed. Yeah, you just <laughs> nailed me right in the head. Yeah. Uh, do do you doing assault <clears throat> through the tennis ball? No, you. What's the second one? Is it the bow and arrow? Sorry, what? And what's it called? The American Gladiators. 
The first uh, one is the bazooka, and the second one's the... Oh, I don't know. I, um, I think... Uh, you're sure? <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, Phil would know. Sorry. Uh, <clears throat> that said, uh, I'm going to go through the other the other clues that, that, well wa- done, that weren't Matt. selected. Yeah, good job, Matt. Thanks. Uh, <clears throat> all right, so, so moving on. Here, here are the clues that weren't selected. Number one was, this actor stars in a couple of famous, quote, dog movies. Mm. Them being Marley and Me and Marmaduke. He's in Marmaduke? He plays Marmaduke. I did not know that. Uh, Number two, and I was really hoping one of you guys were going to get to this. This actor, I'm sorry. uh, This actor appears in the cinematic landmark film Anaconda. Oh, I didn't know he was in Anaconda. Neither did I. Also, I thought I remembered who it was, then apparently I was wrong. Is John Voight in Wedding Grashers? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, maybe. <laughs> uh, number three, this actor has never won an Academy Award for acting. However, they are credited as an associate producer of a major awards-winning film, which was as good as it gets. Mm. Wasn't he nominated for writing? For what? For Amarillo Tannenbaum's. Was that nominated? I think so. Yeah. Well, I said nominated for acting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that said, I want to also say that out because that would have taken away uh, Christian uh, Christian Walken? Christopher Walken. Christian Walken. Christopher Walken, <laughs> who won the Academy Award for uh, uh, Deer Hunter. Hunter. Um, <clears throat> number four, as of November 2020, this actor has yet to appear in a Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, project. Mm. With the, the clue kind of being yet because apparently he's going to be in the Loki TV show. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, also, that would have taken away uh, uh, Bradley Cooper uh, and uh, uh, yeah, Rachel McAdams, who was also in um, uh, some fucking and Doctor, Doctor Strange. Yeah, that's what it is. Mm. I, I didn't. Uh, I, like I said, I was focusing a lot of these as being as kind of like process of elimination. Wait, no, Isla Fisher wasn't in a Marvel thing. No, she was not. Right. Uh, open ended. <laughs> Therein lies the yeah. mystery when it's open ended. Yes. The gatekeeping. Number five, uh, this actor has appeared, uh, has an unofficial catchphrase, often repeated in slightly mocking manner. Wow. 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 Uh, number six, this is the process of elimination for Isla Fisher. Uh, this actor has not voiced a character in the CGI film Rango. Mm-hmm. Uh, number eight, this actor appears in the, quote, unreleased band documentary, The Sweatbox. The Sweatbox covers the behind-the-scenes turmoil of a specific Disney film, changing from the filmmaker's vision into what the producers wanted. Doc came out in tw- 2002. It's available on YouTube. That sounds particularly interesting. I wrote it down also to help me remember to watch that later. Yeah, what is that? It sounds awesome. It's it's about uh, the Emperor's New Groove, oh. how apparently it started out being like this entirely, like a different name and everything project. And then basically th- this documentary has it like, uh, recorded about like how producers were coming and being like no it needs to be different needs to be different needs to be different that's a really good and one the too. filmmakers being like what are you talking about like this is not the movie we're going it's like yeah we need to go another direction it's been banned disney has not allowed an official release which is why it's on youtube that's wild also again that's a really good disney film that's one of their few successes of that era was it a success yeah, yeah i don't know about i mean that. brother bear and treasure planet they all ate shit those are huge failures yeah no like, yeah. i remember it's in a groove i was like oh maybe they're back i think it did okay my, life, oh, my, my favorite thing was what's his face the tick anyway last one Burton. the actor was set to appear in Tropic Thunder but an unfortunate personal tragedy prevented them from taking the part their small role was performed by an Academy Award winning actor who knows what I'm talking about uh, is it Nick Nolte no is Matt it Tom Cruise yes Tom Cruise <laughs> no Steve Coogan no also Ooh. Tom Tom Cruise and Steve Coogan have not won the Academy Award for acting oh I don't know that how do you not know? You know do that. know that. <laughs> don't don't tell me you don't know that. No, I mean, I don't um, know what I know anymore because after I found yeah. out that Steve Martin wasn't on SNL, I was like, this is why you should never join a trivia team. 
Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, like, you know, the last time you were so certain, you lost a million dollars and disappointed all those people on that game show. Yeah, that was... I, I, I hope I can financially recover from that. <laughs> <laughs> from selling your house to get to the recording? Your yeah. family has distanced <laughs> yeah. themselves from right. you. <laughs> yeah, at that oh. point in the story, I was like, wait, why did he do that? He had, <laughs> he had enough resources. <laughs> But uh, no, he um, but he was set to play uh, Matthew McConaughey's character in Tropic oh, I Thunder. Apparently, yeah. I forgot Matthew McConaughey was in that movie too. Yeah, when yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got really yeah. That movie is wow. There was a TiVo in there. I, I've been like researching that. I've been thinking about a movie recently, uh, and I want to rewatch Tropic Thunder. Yeah, that's a great movie. I just always confused about how like Tom Cruise wins at the end. He's like the villain. He's like he's essentially the villain, but he it's just like it, it's almost a nihilistic ending where it's like yeah. the rich get richer. It really yeah. is. It's a weird like satirical like nightmare ending. Yeah. Anywho, there's like no women in that movie. Mm, yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm not forgetting anybody. I don't think yeah. so. Is Mayor Rudolph in it? I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. Right. Rudy yeah, Giuliani. Yeah, there's no women in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> was, was that? That just like a throwaway catchphrase or something. <laughs> Rudy Giuliani. Yeah, no, I don't. Oh, like I think maybe there might have been a woman in like the Simple Jack trailer, and like that's it. Yeah, was that Rachel McAdams? No, I thought was that Isla Fisher. Uh, maybe I don't remember. Remember Simple Jack? I don't remember Simple Jack. Oh man, it's a yeah. That's a movie that can't be made today, but it's fucking hilarious. Yeah. It's anyway. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's how we play Gatekeeper. I was waiting for it to be Jane Seymour. Yeah, no, I was thinking about that. Then I realized I don't know who Jane Seymour is. What? She plays solitaire in what's it called? In Live and Let Die. She's Dr. Quinn, medicine woman. Oh. Hmm. A reference no one ever gets but me. Yeah, I've also seen Live and Let Die, and I don't remember Jane She Seymour. was fine back then. She was a punk girl. They're all fine. Anyway. They're all fine. Uh, that's it. Congratulations, Great Matt job, Matt. Whoa, I've never felt like a winner I... before. <laughs> <laughs> You played ballsy and your balls won. Yeah. Yeah. Balls outstruck. That's it. What we're going to do right now, we're going to go to break. When we come back, we're going to talk about our feelings in the book and everything. The book and the book. So, throw it to break. Okay. And we're back. Hi. Two slow readers. That's us. I'm Daniel. Mm -hmm. I'm Gabe. And who are you? And I'm Matt. Yeah. Yeah, man. Look at us. Bunch of biblical names. Yeah, all a bunch of Bible thumpers. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Weird. <laughs> we all like stopped and thought about just spirituality <laughs> for a second or what? Yeah. What was that? That <laughs> silence? <laughs> yeah, we all questioned our belief for a moment. Mm. Yeah, we all we all got introspective there. Uh, mm. That's a, now's the time where we talk about our feelings. Yeah. So this this book. And and if you don't, and like, I'm so curious. Well, usually at this point, I throw it to the guest because obviously we want the guest to have a spotlight on mm-hmm. them. But this is a special day. It's a special day. For a special birthday boy. Miley Cyrus? Happy no. birthday. No. Birthday <laughs> to yeah, yeah. Are you like, like staggering? The bit gets better. <laughs> <laughs> Is it Miley Cyrus's? Or do you share a birthday with Miley Cyrus? I do. Nah, I figured that's how I was going with that. Me, mm-hmm. I got uh, Adriana Palinke. Is that how you say her name? I've completely done. Adriana Palinke? Yeah, her. And George Clooney and Orson Welles and L. Frank Baum's death and the Hindenburg exploding. Solid. That's a, that's a solid run there. Uh, Matt, what about you? Whose birthday do you share? Um, um... I think like Obama, Einstein, or 
or I'm thinking of left-handed people. I might be mixing those two up. <laughs> Good answer. Yeah, solid. All right. That uh, that's I want to go to you, Gabriel. Me. So tell us why you selected this book for as your kind of birthday pick. You can yeah. pick whatever you want. Gabe, why Borden Standing Up? Well, Born Standing Up is maybe in my top three favorite books of all time. Oh. It is short. The audiobook is wonderful. I've read it a million times. And it's one of those books where everyone I know, I want them to read it too, so they can get more of my references and everything. Mm-hmm. That uh, Here's a little bit of uh, some, some, some behind-the-scenes information. I hope nobody minds. Um, so working at my, I might've mentioned this on the fucking show before, actually. So back in the beginning of, um, of quarantine, I was delivering liquor for the liquor store I worked at at the bar and my coworker went off to a delivery and I was sitting there minding the store. He comes back and he's like, dude, I just delivered two Patton Oswalt's. I'm like, that's amazing. Like, and Brian Posehn sent it to him. But the address is weird. The name was wrong. It was, it was sent to Gurn Blanston. And I'm like... Damn you, Pozane. That's so fucking good. Mm-hmm. Even Patton Oswalt didn't catch it, actually, apparently. Mm-hmm. Which, at least I'm, I'm one up on Patton. But I was like... Explain the Gurn the Gurn name. It's so a deep Gurn cut. Blanston, yeah, yeah, it's a bit of a deep cut, but Gurn Blanston is um, the name that Steve Martin claims is his real name. Like I think his routine is like, people often ask me if Steve Martin is my real name. Well, it's not. I change it for show business. My real name is Gurn Blanston. And I first heard that name because I read in an article with like or Paul Rudd and Judd Apatow became friends because they talked about how the best fake name ever is Gurren Blanston. <laughs> so I I love this book for many, many reasons. And I specifically wanted to talk about it with Matt because Matt is someone who um, I occasionally work on comedy projects with. I think Matt's one of the funniest guys I know. Not to like smoke blow smoke up your ass or anything, Daniel. I don't call myself you're a comedian. Also, you're also I mean, one of the funniest people I know. So yeah, two yeah. of my funniest <laughs> friends. And I thought it would be a really, really great experience just to talk about this thing. This book inspired me to try stand-up, and which I never... I, I, I do okay, but you know I never gave it the I never gave it the, the hundred hours that you said, Matt. Hundred hours of You couldn't even put. Yeah, I think so. You couldn't even put in a hundred hours. Yeah. <laughs> like I tried for like seven hours yeah. and it didn't fucking work. Yeah, the, the amount of time I was on stage was probably very is less than an hour comparatively. Okay. Maybe like an hour and a half of like ten minute sets. Right. But it was um like I really really this. I, I don't have words or how much this book means to me. So everyone I know, I want them to read it. I could go on and on about my love of Steve Martin, but let's throw it to our guest. Matt. Yeah. First time reading it? Um, First time reading it. And also, yeah, outside of like 90s movies, um, I didn't really know Steve Martin. So it was cool to kind of get this whole glimpse of what his life was like before that. And also I think like... You know, when we are born and we're kids, we, like, think of these people as already successful because they are, right? So, like, Mm -hmm. when I encountered Steve Martin, he was already Steve Martin. So then, Mm -hmm. like, reading the book and then being like, oh, of course, yeah, there was a time when it wasn't going great, when he wasn't getting Mm -hmm. laughs and that he just kept going. And then he had that arbitrary, like, rule of being 30 and successful and it, like, didn't quite click yet, you know? Um, Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's that's really cool. And I, I like that. Um, I didn't realize that he was like anti-comedy. Maybe that's why I didn't get when I was like young, you know, like yeah. mm-hmm. um, that he was intentionally not being funny. 
Um, and now I see it and I'm like, oh, he's one of the weird guys, which I love. Yeah, well, I, I, I think like his anti-comedy isn't that he's not trying to be funny. It's that he's rejecting the standards that of, of what comedy was back then. Mm-hmm. That, like way before like Tim and Eric and everything, like back then in the 70s and so in the 60s, stand-up comedy was all Don Rickles. It was all rim shots and punchlines. Yeah. And Steve Martin was the first person... I believe anyway, to be like someone who rejected punchlines, who told weird, weird bits. Not to interrupt you, Matt, but we discussed this earlier. I kind of wanted to bring it up. I don't think his stand-up has aged well. I've listened to a bunch of his stand-up albums, and it's weird, and a lot of it is funny, but looking back now, mm-hmm. like from where anti-comedy has gone in our lives, it, it seems like it's it just comes off odd now. Yeah. That, that's that's like i feel like that's the case for it like especially in terms of something like comedy even it's like and all n- names like anti-comedy are, are shitty names they're just kind of like whatever sticks you know mm-hmm. like it's not really anti-comedy it's more just like hey let's deconstruct comedy a little bit and yeah. do something different or like yeah it the, the the continuation of it maybe like the more recent people who have obviously stemmed from steve martin or whatever was in between there like mr show or whatever yeah you know every, like those are the people we really like mm-hmm. but yeah, no, I, I, that's curious because again, uh, Matt. Yeah, uh, it's like and it's yeah, so different. It's so different too. Like uh, he talks about how people would like share jokes, you know, like, yeah. um, hey, can I use that next week? And there was like this culture of like you could just reuse someone's joke. And now, and then he talks about that switch of like, oh, originality. I should be original. And, you know, he like took all of his material and threw out all the used stuff from other people and only wrote original stuff, which these days, I mean, I feel like originality is such a high priority, you know, mm-hmm. like Absolutely. Um, that that would never fly these days of like using someone else's <laughs> joke at a show, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. Have, have you got I, I, this is maybe a stupid question. Have either of you seen the marvelous Mrs. Maisel? Not yet, but I did become an Amazon Prime member recently. I know. Hey. I'm moving on hey. up. That yeah. late night money's coming in. You did it, buddy. Yeah. No, and I have pilot. HBO, but not to <laughs> not to brag. <laughs> should, we, should we sing our happy... Uh, happy your, Prime happy Day, day to, to you. No. Uh, Prime no. Because like... then I watched a documentary <laughs> about Jeff Bezos and Amazon, and now I feel very guilty. <laughs> yeah. That was the first thing you watched? <laughs> Yeah. You, you I watched it on YouTube too. Fucking member. Yeah. Oh, like, like you immediately <laughs> repented. <laughs> I am so all funny. about frontline PBS documentaries right now, and they did an amazing <laughs> one. Like, why did I even join Prime? I'm just I'm a PBS kid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but um, the Mrs. Maisel thing that um, so it's about a woman who becomes a stand-up comic in the '60s, and like Lenny mm-hmm. Bruce is like a major character in it. But that entire pilot is about how her like she's a she's a rich upper west side upper east side like wife very funny witty jewish woman and her husband is this dude and he's trying to be a stand-up comic and the whole term crooks of the episode is when she realizes his hilarious stand-up bit is him just stealing wholesale a bob newhart bit and she's like what do you mean this is what you all do he's like this is what we all do this is what stand-up comedy is we all just use each other's material we all take each other's jokes and especially if you're starting this is what you do to get a leg up and, like, her whole journey is how, like, um, the, her like, manager discovers her doing original material. So, like, back then, comedy culture was very much, like, lifting, borrowing. And, like, joke, it's not the, the crime it is now to be a joke thief. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, as as Matt just said, it's, it's so different today where it's, like, 
you clearly you can't like it's one thing for Steve Martin to also be like, hey, can I use your joke? Yeah, sure. And then like, yeah. and and then just like outright be like, yeah, here's my stand up. Get it? I stole it from them, but whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's interesting. So Matt, did you like the book? I did like the book. I um I really liked like the arc of it where you know he starts off super bright eyed and like working at Disneyland too. Yeah. I thought that that is so like naive, right? Especially because <laughs> with how far his career ends up going and then he ends up having that like thing of you're so famous, you can go anywhere in the world and you're so famous, you can't go anywhere without being bothered, you know? Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, I just thought I I just I do love stories about people who um are like going after their dream and just seeing him like struggle was like a really nice gift. And also it's remarkably short for such a big life, you know? And it Mm -hmm. was like, Oh, right. This is like such a creative way to kind of tell how you got somewhere. Cause it's not like your story has to be like, Oh, this is every single thing that added to it. It's just these big colorful moments. So even from a writing perspective, it really gave me some insight on how to be like more creative, you know? Yeah. Like it's funny for me that even before I got into Steve Martin as a comedian or even as an actor in my background, in the back of my mind, I'm like, Oh yeah. Um, father bride is a great movie. I don't really get it. Um, or loving, um, thinking like, what was it with that? Bowfinger I thought was really great but for me my my first true exposure to Steve Martin was as a writer that I read Shop Girl and The Pleasure of My Company and those are two of my favorite books and like another one of my favorites we did for the show An Object of Beauty mm-hmm. so for me like in my mind foremost Steve Martin is a brilliant prose writer and then and then actor, then comedian. So it was and such then a banjoist, and then banjoist, then <laughs> bluegrass superstar. So it was such an interesting way for me to go backwards into what was his like his brightest flaming star point when I knew him like best as a quiet writer of fiction. Daniel, what about you? This is your first time reading slash listening to Born Standing Up, a comic's life by Steve Martin. Yes. Thoughts. And I did listen to this book on audible.com. As Daniel's read, Gaming Corner. As read by Steve Martin while playing Minecraft, hey, which is very what did therapeutic. You build? Oh, I do. I do. Because I'm never, I'm never terribly like, uh, I don't go into creative mode and I don't, I tend not to get too complex with my shit. So I like just starting worlds and basically doing my usual two-step thing where it's like, one, you built your emergency house you need right away. And then you're fancy kind of thing whichever one needs to be in like the actual house or headquarters that you have that's it sure i only played terraria yeah that's it um so yeah no this is an interesting because uh, this year i've read two other really kind of big uh, uh memoirs from other comedians gladiator very different gladiators one no uh <laughs> are you not no, entertained uh, my <laughs> wife I, I never used that in the <laughs> 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 uh. <laughs> I love having you on the show, Matt. Oh, yeah, thanks. I'm gonna st- the which, trick I'm gonna is I don't that. spend time with anyone, so whenever I'm like <laughs> with you guys, I'm excited to be around people, even though we're through a phone. <laughs> I understand I that. It. Yeah, but um, no, I, I uh, you know, also speaking of Steve Martin, what um, were the other memoirs? The two other memoirs was uh uh uh, uh oh my god, uh you don't say, what? Steve uh, Martin Short's book. 
Oh yeah. Now you're just I making up say. titles. I must say, fucking <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yes. No, I, I actually I know his fucking big guy, like the his big character, the Ed Grimsby character. Ed Grimley. Grimley, thank you. Yeah, I know that character yeah. least. I don't even know the name. I must right. say. But like, no, I, I love Martin Short. And I and it re- I read uh, listened to his audiobook as well, read by him, and it's fucking fantastic. And obviously, his life and Steve Martin's uh, uh, coincides as well. Is, he, is Steve Martin brought up in the book? Yes. Oh, cool. Um, he, he he tells like there, I've also uh, seen him tell those stories like in interviews, whatever. But mm. one of the big jokes I think I've told you, Gabriel, but uh, uh, to Matt, I'll tell it to you. Uh, uh, repeat it actually. Um, <gasps> when they Send met him for the way. first time. Yeah, when they met for the first time, uh, Martin Short uh, was taken to Steve Martin's house, and Steve Martin's house is full of, like, Picassos and Hoppers and everything. Yeah. And Steve Martin's looking at all these paintings, and and he kind of says, like, offhandedly... Well, just, Martin Short or Steve Martin is? Martin Short, sorry. Two Martins. Their names are kind of confusing. <laughs> um, Martin Short uh, is kind of looking at these paintings and just kind of, like, like bleeds into, like, his, like, usual kind of, like, almost Don Rickles-y kind of, like, insult kind of thing, where yeah, he goes, like... Charming ribbing. Where he's like, wow look at this house. This is gorgeous. There's so much money. Like, how do you afford all this? Because I've seen the work. <laughs> and then, he, and he said that Mark, uh, Steve Martin just like immediately loved that. Like that was one of the first <laughs> things that they actually said that that was like one of the first interactions. And it was because really of that, funny. like right away they were friends. Yeah. yeah. Um, that is so good. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but so, uh, and the other one was uh, the other end of the spectrum, which was based on a true story by Norm MacDonald, mm. um, which is the joke of it is that it's about 90% fiction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's only pre- it's only for the most part pretend. But speaking of which, and I said this to you huh? before, Gabriel, um, Norm MacDonald said for um, his weekend update uh, on Saturday Night Live, him and his like writer, a big writer guy. Uh, actually, no, it was like Mark the, Twain. It was like the like an assistant on the show who was like part of like the whole team that basically did the weekend update together. Were they bas- Jim Downey? They basically no, it was a woman. Oh. Um, but they basically said as much, or she basically said this, and it passed as long, and it kind of became their thing. Where it's like there, like there's no punchlines. There's no wit. Mm-hmm. There's no anything. Because the idea is that, like, all the jokes, you la- you laugh, like, involuntarily. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't help yourself but kind of chuckle and laugh at it. You you can't... It's not about thinking about the joke. It just comes at you and you just kind of laugh despite yourself. And that's kind of similar to how Steve Martin reframed his quote-unquote anti-comedy. Yeah, absolutely. That makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah. So, like, there's probably some kind of, like, similar kind of, like, you know, like, oh, they they kind of got their thing off of Steve. That's, like, their interpretation of Steve Martin's yeah. bits. Yeah. I mean, he was obviously massively, like, informative and inspirational to many, many comedians. Yeah. He changed an entire generation of comedy. And also on top of that, like, there's also that similar kind of thing between all of them where it's, like, one, they're, they're all very, very intelligent guys who, like... And their bits, like the whole thing is to appear as dumb as possible. Yeah. Uh, and in terms of like Martin Short, this like weird kind of like throwback culture where it's just, like they're talking about like oldies from like back when they were young as uh-huh. well, you know, or like I don't understand half the people they mentioned. But yeah, no. Uh, but uh, that said, no, this is an exciting kind of like. I mean, this also story came first before those, and it was also a much bigger deal. But like, no, this is a kind of interesting thing about like that whole group, and they're at least two of them are kind of like in the same generation, or whatever. So yeah, yeah, I enjoyed I enjoyed the tits out of it. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I love this book like I so so very much yeah. that um like it's it's like even uh, Jerry Seinfeld who has said like this is the best book written on comedy, mm-hmm. and I think of and Steve Martin and 
like in reverse has said that like he became like a huge fan of Jerry Seinfeld like oh I watch this guy come up underneath me and he's just the best thing I've seen actually Jerry has a new book that just came out that I'm waiting for it to come out on paperback to read called is this anything and I think that's also a lot about his comedy process so I'm excited to read that that's interesting hmm. Matt are yeah. you a fan of Jerry Seinfeld um it's funny I mean I I really liked him growing up um, like we would watch Seinfeld in my family and then like, I think at a certain point I kind of was like, I saw a comedian at a really young age and that was inspirational. And then there was something about moving away from observational humor that happened where I kind of wasn't into it anymore. You know, mm-hmm. I think because yeah. of the shift in comedy in general, where it became more like personal and more, um, almost confessional, you know, like, yeah. um, Chris Rock his special tambourine is one of my favorite specials like of all time i almost want to say maybe like two years ago yeah that was fairly recent i thought okay i've never seen that i heard it's great dude it's it's, so crazy it's It's like yeah yeah, and it's it's a way that seeing chris rock that like i've never seen him before and Mm -hmm. i think that yeah something about jerry's just pure observational i can see the like mechanics of it and i respect that and think it's cool but it is interesting mm-hmm. too that we don't know about him like about his like if he has self-doubt or anything it is so not personal which is neat too to be kind of yeah. so dedicated to an art form that you're sticking with it you know yeah, but, he has an autobiography called sign language waka 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 so mm-hmm. i've also wanted to read that for a while that's chris rock no uh seinfeld, seinfeld. okay right. yeah I was going to say it like that because I feel like everybody in the world loves Seinfeld and I don't. Um, I, 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 whenever I've seen a stand-up, it's very funny. I The show was something like my parents watched every single week. I I like it, but I also don't – I'm never in the mood ever to watch Seinfeld. Yeah. I've seen like several Seinfeld episodes ever. Like, yeah. as a kid, it's, it's an amazing show. I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm trying to wonder if like if people our age as kids kind of watch Seinfeld because again, like we were like teenagers at most when uh, when the, the show was out. For so, me, like, like the, yeah. the interesting comparison I've found is that when I know when I meet people who really loved watching like comedy TV at when they're kids and around when people around our age, mm-hmm. it's always one of three things: either you obsessively watched Friends. Mm-hmm. You obsessively watched Seinfeld, or you obsessively watched The Simpsons, mm-hmm. and I fell distinctly in a Simpsons camp. Okay, yeah, I, I think between yeah between those, it would definitely be uh, Simpsons for me. But otherwise, it was right. It was starting to live like Mister Show, and then like a mm-hmm. life uh, from a very young age, loving Rain and Stimpy. Sure. Well, that's what I wonder about this new like kind of technology. Because growing up, you know, my family we only had regular TV, so. You only yeah, have so much I didn't to have choose HBO, from. HBO, Daniel, Mr. Show. Yeah, what? I, got I didn't DVD. see that time I was in my 20s. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, I wonder how that's going to change like how things are um, consumed, you know? Yeah, just like, accessibility be... changes. Because I was also Simpsons, and I guess I still am like Simpsons yeah. heavy. <laughs> it hasn't gone mm-hmm. away. <laughs> um, I also yeah, love yeah. that this book like took an emotional turn at the end. When yeah, he really like moving. really examined success, loneliness, and then just like, and I don't know, tell me if this, like, if this slaps with y'all, but like, um, <laughs> Dave, like I, so I, I was lucky enough to see Dave Chappelle live 
which was really Ooh. cool. And then God like damn. the last like three specials that I've seen that he's done, like the big ones on Netflix, or maybe the last mm-hmm. two, it feels like the audience is like laughing before there's even the punchline. Like they just love him yeah. so much. And he's amazing and he's and he should be loved, right? But part yeah, of me was just like right? kinda not into it because I was like, I can't tell if this is funny or not. Because the audience is telling me this is funny. I just like, yeah, he's not, it's not like a fair, um, real, they just love him so much. And when Steve Martin was talking about that level of success, it is the same thing where he was like, people love what I'm going to say and I'm just going through the motions, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the, I mean, uh, Dave Chappelle obviously like went through his whole thing about like becoming disillusioned with like his popularity after the Dave Chappelle show Yeah, that like he's still kind of dealing with, but like it took him a good 10 years to kind of go away and kind of like work it out, you know? Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> I think that's, that's such a weird line that for me, like I think that the latest Chappelle things are must watches, but for very different reasons. I think he's evolved to be much more of a straight up like. I think his he conceptualizes his act as more about truth telling than mm-hmm. it is about being straight up hilarious. Like watching mm-hmm. like Killing Them Softly back in like the aughts before he goes everywhere, he's he's so fucking funny. Every idea is hilarious from his comedy specials in the two thousands, and now watching his specials, I'm like, yeah, like the, the audience is there to like just feed off him as it is. Seeing him <clears throat> is already an honor, so it's it's a little bit. I think that's why he went a bit more towards something more serious. A little more confident, yeah. A little more confident. He's, like, leaning into that, yeah. Yeah, which I think is really good and fine and all, which is why I like to recommend to you as well, uh, Matt, you should check out the actual um, Steve Martin and Martin Short, like, double show special. It's on (laughs) Netflix. No, I want to. It's really, really great. It's, you know... It's it's a more of a, almost like a more of a variety show because you know they're old and they'd rather just have a good time on stage. Right. And I don't right. think a lot of those I don't think a lot Steve of those Martin, laughs yeah. are pure like like congratulatory. They're just really really funny lines and they're just there to to fuck around and you can just really appreciate a good old fashioned fuck around. Yeah. <laughs> it, I also it, it thought really, like yeah. um, the ending too about him examining his relationship with his dad was good. Yeah. And like when his dad like. <laughs> in that petty move, like in his like neighborhood newsletter, wrote like Saturday Night Live is the A worst thing. View, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like, dude, like how petty is that? Yeah, <laughs> and then like Steve Martin as an adult is like trying to like appease his dad, and like you know, a part of me always wonders like what does make people go into comedy, and like, um. Yeah, that part was like, damn, dude. Because I have major dad issues. If anyone knows me, actually, there's like, <laughs> in the next, in the first five minutes, we'll probably talk about it uh, if I meet you. No, it's not that I, bad. But yeah, like you, you reading know, that, I, I was like, I don't want to look in this mirror. Close the book, but it's due. And I'm like sobbing on my couch in my little late night office. Like, he's doing it to be loved. <laughs> you know, I also, whenever I make a creative, huge career choice, I always think, what will make my dad the most jealous? <laughs> <laughs> but I tell you what, um, you know, to also bring it to the Martin Short book, uh, that was that was that's a book where like three quarters of it are kind of like stories of like Martin Short kind of coming up, becoming famous, uh, hitting like a weird wall where like the movies he was making, you know, obviously you go from like stand up, then Saturday Night Live, then to movies. And then the movies weren't successful. So he was like, well, fuck, I don't yeah, know what to do, what do go back then? to Canada. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, dealing with all that and also just like him telling goofy stories about meeting people. 
Then the last quarter of it takes a very serious turn uh, going into um, Steve Martin losing his wife uh, who passed away. Um, I think Steve Martin? Around, no, I'm sorry. It's Martin Short. Martin Short? Yeah, the Martin again. Uh, <laughs> Martin Short wrote a very long passage. <laughs> I was like, that must have came out after this book because <laughs> <laughs> seems like that would be a chapter. <laughs> <laughs> the last quarter of it, it's a weird sequel to Born Standing Up. Uh, but no, I'm sorry. No, just talking about, so like, yeah, no, that's, that kind of reminded me. Yeah. Because also I imagine like all these books are also kind of like taking a big inspiration out of uh, Born Standing Up. So, yeah. And I want to, I want to read more, especially listening to these audiobooks which are read by the authors themselves. You yeah, know? no, I, I love, for me, what got me into audiobooks is reading memoirs and yeah. autobiographies by their author. And for me, like, that's something that I just, is a wonderful escape for me that, um, I'd love to other also do like um, bossy pants, which yeah. is that's another that's, that's, that's the next one I want to read. Tina Fey one, and yeah. honestly, that's one that got launched a million copycats, mm-hmm. and it's still like the first and the best. Like Tina Fey yeah. is a outrageously funny and great writer, and as yeah. I've enjoyed, she's Amy one of my Kaylin's heroes. Amy Poehler's books, yeah, no, absolutely. That like Daniel will probably hear me laughing all day long because I'm watching Thirty Rock on my iPad while I walk around the apartment. It's <laughs> she's just incredible. And yeah. if, you, if you guys get a chance, the audible, the audiobook of Tina Fey reading her own book, fucking wonderful. Yeah. Right. That, yeah. Kind of, her and also, Kanye West are the two like people I look to when I'm like, where are we going? <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I've lost several friends sense. over my love of Kanye West and I will lose more. <laughs> <laughs> to, to, to be fair, that's a promise. To be fair, yeah. some, when you get when you get in the slightest argument with them, you'll tweet at them very publicly. Uh, I birthed you, <laughs> <laughs> which he actually tweeted at Kid Cudi. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. Well, he also he also uh, got in an argument with. Uh, sorry, what did Cudi do? <laughs> Oh, then well, they got into like a slight argument where like Kid Cudi said like, "Yeah, you didn't you didn't support me enough," and like. I think Kanye West's response to that was, I, I birthed you. you. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that sounds And then right. they made an album together, and it was really good. No, I yeah. like Cuddy. Uh, yeah, and a Kid See Ghost is a great album. Um, that's actually <laughs> why I'm reading that bipolar book, so that way when I meet Kanye, that's really <laughs> why I'm ready doing for it. Him? Yeah. <laughs> you, have, you have the cheat code to his heart? It, yeah, it, it's also just like you're feeling kind of like, kind of like oh, I don't know what's going on with Kanye lately, so you had to read the book to kind of be like, like I'll, I'll, learn, I'll figure him out. Yeah, it's a. It'll be a Kanye whisperer. But uh, I'm sorry. Let's let's uh, let's yeah, kind of move on to our next section. This is the part of the show where we like to do something brought to us by our old butt buddies from the Whip Around yeah. podcast, Shawnee B. Horny and Doctor Phil Laporta, aka Second Place Dick Lover. Yeah. Uh, because uh, I'm number one. <laughs> but uh, yeah. <laughs> Years from now, when people mention Born Standing Up, what is that thing that comes to your brain? What is that image or that passage or that little f- word that comes to your mind? What is your hazy memory? <sighs> Let's throw us to uh, guest with the most. Uh, Matt, guest of the best. Maddie Struck over here. Matt, uh, what is your hazy memory for Born Standing Up? So wait, I am imagining myself in the future remembering this yeah, book. Yeah. 15 years from now, someone steps, like, stops by, like you're hanging out someone. They're like, oh, Born Standing Up. Have you read this? What's the first thing you're going to remember? Um, I say, uh, yes, I read it. Future mm. friend living in the future with me. Um, <laughs> I liked it when he like realized that the hippie movement was dying. So then he cut his Love hair and then he yeah. became like, this straight-laced looking guy who on the outside looked normal, but on the inside was, you know, chaos 
incarnate. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, Daniel, you only listened to the audiobook, so you didn't get to see any of the photos. But there's a photo of him <clears throat> with the turquoise jewelry and hideous beard. Oh, no. It, it's it's great. Oh, my God. It's so good. Okay. Game. Daniel. Oh. Fuck you. <laughs> Daniel. Hazy memory. No, hazy memory. You. Th- for our good friends at the Whip Birthday Around Boy. podcast, shopping every Wednesday, every Whip Around Wednesday, with Dr. Phil Laporta and mm-hmm. Sean Hayes bringing you all the weird news you need that week. Daniel. What are you going to remember many years from now about Born Standing Up? What is your hazy memory? You know, I, I was struggling with this. I actually had to tune out Matt when he was talking because I was like, <laughs> fuck, what is my hazy memory? <laughs> I had to really think about Matt this. Matt had a very sorry, brave Matt. moment that you just completely glossed over. And I had to because I was like, <laughs> oh, fuck, what am I going to say? I don't know. Um, first I was thinking like, like it's like the Johnny Carson thing where like everybody has a Johnny Carson story. Yeah, the, the ticker tape. Yeah, the ticker tape. Martin Short had a Johnny Carson story. Uh, uh, Norm Macdonald had a maybe possibly phony Johnny Carson story. Um, but like, also, I don't really know too much about Johnny Carson. Like, I, I don't Daniel, know. Did you know? Actually, Matt, also, that if you go on Pluto TV, where you can also watch 24 hours of American Gladiators, there's an entire channel devoted to only Johnny Carson clips. Oh, my God. I've been watching them. Oh, Jesus. They're oh, great. I get Johnny Carson confused with... Uh... Dick Van Dyke, something. not Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> Dick no, 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 Dyke. no, no, not Dick, Dick Van Dyke. Uh, no, Dick Cavett makes more sense. Yeah, Dick, ha- Dick Cavett. That's what it was. Uh, I'm sorry. Are you Mary Poppins? No, oh fuck. Mary it's crazy Poppins. how long Mommy he was first? on TV. Like, yeah, Dick Johnny Carson. I think he was oh. on TV for like 170 years. <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. I think he invented television. I think he <laughs> yeah. died on TV too. He was the actual cowboy from uh, the Great Train Robbery. Uh, but uh, yeah, I want to say, he, like, for 40 years, like five nights a week. You know, like he ran. Yeah. He ran for I think anywhere between 17 and 20 years. Because I like, as you know, Matt, I have a fascination with late night history and culture. Mm-hmm. But I'm a I recently read both uh, The Late Shift and um, The War for Late Night. And Ooh, a lot of it mm. is just about like the huge, the monumental importance of Johnny Carson, how he was, he was television. Mm-hmm. He was the longest running television franchise. There was no escaping him. He was the only place for celebrity interviews and quality comedy for decades that everyone worshipped him. He was the biggest fucking act because that's all there was on TV. And then like, and then Letterman came in and he had a sea change and everything. Mm-hmm. But um, a lot of these com- comedians back then, it all comes down to Carson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and in lieu of giving my uh, thing, I will tell a story about Johnny Carson. Um, okay. A bit a bit when uh, uh, Frank Sinatra and Don Rickles were on together and they were trading bits. And Frank Sinatra told a story like this one time where I was at a restaurant and Don Rickles comes over and goes, listen, I have this really pretty girl here. Uh, she doesn't believe me that I know you. She doesn't believe. So can you, when you get the chance, can you come over and say hi? Frank Sinatra's like, yeah, sure. I'm at the end of my meal. I was drinking my espresso. So I was like, I'm just going to come by when I'm on my way out. So Frank Sinatra comes by, stops at the table and goes like, oh, hey, hey, Don, nice to meet you. Who's your lady friend? And Don Rickles goes, hey, do you mind? We're eating here. <laughs> um, they, they use That's that a good bit, bit also in, they use that bit also in 30 Rock where, uh, where Alec Baldwin, Jack Donaghy has John Bon Jovi as the house retainer celebrity. <laughs> and he brings him over and to just like, he asks him for a favor, like, hey, I have to impress uh, Elizabeth Banks. Do you mind coming by? And then, like, the John Bon Jovi comes over. He's like, hey, Jack. And, and Alec Baldwin's like, hey, Bon Jovi, get out of here. Do you mind? I'm talking to somebody. And Bon Jovi's like, God, why did I take this job? It's, it's great. Nice. Another more to good testament bit. of how great Tina Fey is. Gabriel, 
hazy memory 15 years or not or what is your hazy memory since you've uh, I, read I, listened I, to this I, so I, much I read this when it came out in mm-hmm. 07 really? I don't know why I did I, okay. I'm, I was a I, I think I'd already I'd read Shop Girl and Pleasure My Company in high school mm-hmm. and I knew when this came out I borrowed it from the Allentown Public Library I read it right away because I, you know, it was all about it. Uh, I'm also surprised this this came out so recently, 2007. Yeah, I, I would have guessed like like mid 90s. No, oh seven is the first the first time once he was already an established uh, prose writer. But fucking hell, I mentioned this last week, including audiobook listens. I have probably read this book like literally 30, 40 times. Mm-hmm. I, I play this thing whenever I have nothing better to do, but never nothing to listen to. If I'm doing work and I have no reception or when I'm driving, no reception, it's just, well, I guess I'll listen to Born Standing Up. And you don't remember a word of it. Not a fucking lick. Yeah. It's a real problem. It's really forgettable. Can you help me find who killed my wife? No. That's fine. Okay. But I remember this whole book basically cover to cover. Uh-huh. There's not one thing, but I, I think if there's a little bit that always sticks with me, it's a lot of the the dad stuff, the mom and dad stuff that, um, now that you guys have read this, and I assume you both have listened to my self-evident episode, mm. <laughs> yeah. um, a lot of what inspired me to do the whole thing, to get closer to my parents, I think I actually even like lift a few lines from this book about my feelings about my family, that I... I I pursued telling the story about my family, my, my, my Torrid family life because of born standing up. So I think a lot about these last moments between his parents, like, like telling your dad, I love you. Like, I don't know the last time I did that one. That's a weird one. But, um, I remember the, like the, the poignant stuff and also his entire art of the process of like him analyzing how he learned everything. So yeah, this book's like in my DNA at this point. Hmm. Yeah. Kind of like, like me that. and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. yeah. Are you excited for the last Ronin, Daniel? What the fuck is that? Don't worry about it. Is that a new, is that a new thing? It's a new comic about the TMNT set in the future where um all but one of the Ninja Turtles are dead. And now they carry all of their weapons against to try to defeat like a Shredder who's become like a totalitarian like overlord. I mean, guess which one survived? Uh Donatello. Uh, right. Raphael. Wrong. Really? Leonardo? Wrong. Who's Michelangelo? The other... Michelangelo. <laughs> Who's the other one? Which one's Michelangelo? He's the party dude. Isn't that Raphael? Raphael's no. the one with the red. Raphael's a tough dude. Michelangelo was the orange one. Oh, is that his personality? Yeah, he's the party dude. No, I only seen the movie. Kawabunga. Yeah, I only seen that first movie. Like, is Schwarzenegger hard to spell? I thought, yeah, I thought Raphael was the the, par- the party guy. No, he's tough, a tough guy. guy. I mean, he, uh, after seeing that first movie, all right, whatever. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Another great tangent on slow readers. Yeah. You know what would be uh, interesting is like, yeah, like um, following them into like the, I saw like a meme, like uh, middle-aged ninja, middle-aged mutant ninja turtles. Right, so uh-huh. not teenage, because I don't like pizza like I used to, and I wonder if they would like. I'm just like not impressed by pizza anymore. I think I'm becoming hey, like older. I don't know. Y- y- <laughs> you know what? You need to come over here and have some of this Joe Peeps. All right, we literally live around the corner from like one of the best pizza fucking places in the goddamn world. Mm. Yeah, I'll take really you up great. on that because I do want to visit you once it's safe. Come to LA and when it's safe. Come, come when it's not safe. <laughs> <laughs> I d- dare you. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we're, we're back to 10 p.m. curfew out here. Nice. How's, how's, how's Denver doing with the coronavirus? Uh, In lighter I news. think we also just did like a new 10 p.m. curfew deal. 
Um, five Don, counties Don just went up. Actually. Really? Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. But, and then I'm also going to Houston. Um, I went a couple weeks ago, didn't get anything. So, you know what? I'm going to go back and see. <laughs> test my luck. Hey, that so. sounds like a great script. Yeah. yeah. Right, uh, yeah. I need I need uh, story arcs. This is, my life's going yeah, too smooth man. right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I support that. Um but yeah, that said, uh no, a uh, uh, coronavirus aside because it's all a hoax. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I uh, call uh, it scamdemic. Oh. Hey. Uh that said, let's <laughs> let's do a little final thing we like to do a little thing called plugs. Yeah, let's throw this book to the side. Matt Struck, let's throw this book to the side. I'm not going to do it cuz I'll literally be throwing Matt Struck over here into the trash cuz he's on my phone. Uh-huh. And I listen to the audiobook. Uh Matt Struck, what is there anything that you want to plug? Where can people follow you? Yeah. So if you go into Instagram and look for me at really late night, there's a whole Instagram dedicated to my comedy show. And then if you look on there or go to YouTube, um, there's another uh, video series called running late, which is a behind the scenes look. (laughs) And Gabe was in the last one. Um, and it's kind of showing the, the day-to-day aspects of how I'm trying to make an independent late night show. And, you know, I actually was talking to Ryan, who's one of the writers on the show today too. And he was saying like, you know, who, who is this show for? And I was explaining (laughs) that I have this, I have this feeling that the show is for actual other comedy people. And that our yeah. audience is other comedians, because who else would want to see other comedians coming up with sketch ideas or monologue premises? Like only people who are like thinking about that. You know, I don't think regular mm-hmm. people necessarily want. So if you follow either of those things, that'd make me so happy. Yay! That's it my is plug. a great time. I um I I am a fan of your show, and I was very happy to contribute to it. So it is a great time. Check out Really Late Night. Birthday boy. That's me. 45 years on this earth. Plug. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Has it been that long already? Yeah. Um, ladies you look and gentlemen, great. If you haven't done it already. Thanks, baby. You, um, look like, you look like Joe Biden. I mean, you <laughs> age so well. Hey, he was really hot when he was young. Yeah. And he, was. he looks great for being like 100 fucking whatever years he yeah. is. I mean. he, he, he seems pretty, he seems pretty <laughs> lucid. Um, if you haven't done it already, please check out Self-Evident Asian America Stories, a cultural heritage documentary podcast that I contributed to. Um, I wrote and produced and did all the interviewing legwork for season one episode three the talk we were supposed to have it's about my life so if you want to hear echoes of uh steve martin's story of how he reconnected with his dad um that's kind of where i, I just like bit that shit off wholesale mm-hmm. so that's a thing i do um also please check out the other top gallant radio show it is called ap film taught by film school professionals where professors katie commence and malamorones who are not professors decide to create their own film school curriculum because they were not allowed to go to film school they are a great time they are very funny i really enjoy their show even if, even though i make it it's 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 a good time uh they are currently working through a nora efron um, retrospective entitled nora efron saves the rom-com it's great uh and um follow me on instagram at reed.richards and uh check out my work that i'm doing right now i am currently a producer for maximum fun radio and they are i am the producer for one bad mother a comedy parenting podcast they're an amazing time this week in a birthday gift to myself i convinced the host to book and guest um chelsea erson of dear young rocker who i think is one of my favorite people ever exist her mm-hmm. podcast dear young rocker is amazing so i get to um i get to be sitting in the interview which is really really awesome 
awesome. I'm Ooh. very pleased. Um, Instagram, read.richards, again. Um, Daniel, what about you? Plug. Uh, yes, you can follow me on Instagram at slowreaders and on Twitter at uh, Top Gallant Radio. Also, check out the new website I just basically built for to kind of put all my audio stuff and my mm-hmm. writing stuff all in the same thing, which is danielwgonzalez.com. Uh, you can check out all my fancy shit. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, uh, uh, first off, fiction. Uh, you can get every all of my books at uh, anywhere you get your ebook retailers. The Shadow of uh, Shadow from the Kingdom, uh, <laughs> uh, The Shadow from the, the Deep, Deep, and A Cook in the Kingdom. Uh, physical books are available on Amazon. Also, check out all the uh, awesome Wondery shows that I have currently. Uh, I have currently out that I contributed that are currently out right now. Yeah. Also, uh, I want to plug at this point uh, what I've just done. I've finally fucking got the Wondery Plus app. Hey. Uh, and so I can listen to all of the new show Jack which I cut together half of the episodes. Uh-huh. Also, unfortunately, uh, I am not credited in oh, that. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, it is. But it is. I only, again, I only cut together three of those full episodes. I uh, kind of did like pickups and everything like that for the second episode. Uh, so that's what I'm listening to. So I'm like, all right, I don't know what the story's actually. I finally get to hear all the things. We're Send like, me all your Taraji outtakes. <laughs> oh, there's a, there's literally hours of it. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, hearing Taraji kind of Taraji P. Henson Academy Award nominated actress. I just want to say, uh, kind of flip through lines and everything like that, and struggle with saying all the names in the end credits is has been a joy. Uh, but um, but no, uh, uh, no, it's really interesting how much like I'll go through like episode four, which kind of says like, uh, which kind of says, and now uh, the the. Uh, Boy band guy and new edition are gonna get into a real heated thing. Cool. And then sixth episode, someone's dead. <laughs> but I don't know how or why or what. They just refer to it. Um, That's so awesome. I- I'm finally get to listen to. It. I've actually been binging it finally all the way through, and it hey. actually sounds fucking great. I'm really amazed at what Marcelino and like Jeff Schmidt, the act, like the more professional, uh, uh, both the senior engineer and the. Uh, con- con- uh, freelancer kind of dude who does most of the sound design for uh, Wondery shows. But anyway, Q. also uh, check out Dr. Death season two. Uh, do no harm. Do no harm is doing amazingly well. Uh, 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 and, and, and guru in that. Yeah. Hey, right. that's a long one. Yeah. Our um, plugs get longer and longer. The better and better we get. The more we yeah, do. I'm yeah. You better, you better check, uh, be, be careful with your, uh, electric bill. Uh, cause uh, there's so many plugs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, where's he going with this? <laughs> Matt struck home run once again. Oh, when I got a really bad joke, then I really stretch it out. So that way. <laughs> That's how to do it, man. Yeah. Matt, it is such a pleasure to have you on the show. You are one of my favorite guests. Daniel, <laughs> yeah, too, thank you. Yeah, no, this is so, great. It's so good guest. to have you. Yeah, no, for <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. It's my show now. I'm Every week. I pulled out on. Yeah, I pulled out on you before. Wait, that's a, that's a joke I've already made. Where because yeah. I actually referred to Gabe as a, as a guest yeah. or something like that. This and I was like, guess. yeah, you've been a guest for 186 yeah. episodes. Mm-hmm. Right. And this is how I find out. <laughs> But Matt, um, so it's wonderful to have you. Thank you for being on our show. Oh, yes. Thank you. This was so much fun. And I love chatting with you guys and reading. And um, yeah, this is dope. Slow well, reading. That said, I think, Matt, we'll talk about this, but we might have you on sooner than later again. What? But yeah, uh, it's been such a fun to have you. Been a blast. Dope. Cool. Yeah, come back every <laughs> few weeks. We'll love to have you. Yes. And, and, and that said, uh, oh no, shit, fuck. Jesus Christ, I don't know how to end the show. Bye. Uh, Wait, what are we doing next week? Oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, <laughs> shit balls. Yeah, uh, what's on uh, next? Technically, you have to pick something. I do? Yeah. 
Because I picked the last uh, thing. I picked the Lovecraftian Yakuza. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll think of something. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, we'll select this off air. Whatever. Yeah. No one listens to the show all the way through anyway. Yeah, pretty much. All right. That said, end the show. What Bye. if we sign off Bye. with a happy birthday song? No! Happy birthday! Happy birthday! Not <laughs> layering. What is this? To you. This long, long Happy. breaks. Happy! I'll be the Paul McCartney. You'll be the John Lennon. <laughs> lagging behind. The dance remix. The ten minute club <laughs> remix. The Skrillex version. I like. All right, that's the end of the show. All right, bye. Top Gallant Radio, brought to you by Daniel Gonzalez and Gabe Mara.